Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. It's 12 o'clock, and it's time for Salute Your Sports with Tom Castleman. The Nationals are shutting down Steven Strasburg because of his innings limit Insane. because of his uh, Tommy John surgery. You know, they, they have, well, like... Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them out. It's time to salute your sports on KCOU 88.1 FM and KCOU.FM. Welcome back to the 17th semester of Salute Your Sports here on a very cold Wednesday afternoon here in Columbia, Missouri. For the spring 2019 semester, your hosts will remain the same as the fall because I know that's what you were all hoping for. More nonsense from the like of myself, Matthew Terry, my co-host Chris Mitchell, and our producer, James Stanley. Gentlemen, Welcome back to the FM stream. How are you feeling? How was your winter break, guys? Uh, it was okay. I was sick for a lot of it, but besides that, <laughs> it was fine. It wasn't feel like it was too long, but then again, not long enough. I feel that because uh, winter break for us was a solid month and a, like five weeks long. <laughs> well, it's and it's because, because our last winter break last year was shorter mm-hmm. because of MLK Day and what yeah. day it fell on. So, yeah, last, exactly. so now we have the longest and the shortest back to back. Yeah, it goes on the cycle. But yeah, we missed. We've gone for a solid five weeks. Five weeks we weren't here to give everyone the content they don't deserve. Oh no no no! Guess Alabama last Wednesday. That's true. We, we, gave them we, had, content the, we had the Salute Your Sports broadcast. <laughs> That's right. Where Chris Mitchell used the word yeets during a professional broadcast. He just yeeted back to the studio real quick. A halftime update. So, for those that are unaware, that wasn't a spur of the moment thing that Chris had planned and that Chris just went up with. That was something to where at the beginning of the broadcast or beforehand, we were talking to KCOU sports director Josh Neighbors as I name drop all over the place three minutes into this first show of the semester. We just got to hit that button. There Thank we you. go. That's the one. And so I asked Josh, Josh, approximately. How much money would you give me if I used the word yeet during the broadcast? And he's like, dear God, no. Don't use the word yeet during the broadcast. <laughs> dear God, no is a money amount. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I dropped it, but Chris did not. And so when Chris said, well, yeet it back over to the broadcast, I didn't say to James for the rest of the, for the halftime show, I didn't say anything for the rest of that break because I was too busy having my hands in my face, trying not to laugh hysterically into the microphone. <laughs> yeah, see, the, the problem is you can't be like, hey, wouldn't it be stupid if we did this? Because I'll be like, wait a minute. Because Chris, like, like Chris will be like, yes, <laughs> it would and be, then do it. It would be stupid. Why not? <laughs> Yeah, well, it was a weird game. If I felt like it suited the tone of how that game ended up going. Oh, yeah. This weird. Definitely. We'll get into more of that later on during this show because we have a lot to cover because we did miss five weeks of prime Mizzou athletics competitions. Oh, I was going to say prime time, but uh, 
not so prime down in Memphis. If you know what prime. I mean. No, uh, not, were you there for that? Yep. Oh, oh, woof. oh yeah. <laughs> right. Well, we are going to do a recap of the football season for Mizzou, considering it officially ended with the bowl game loss to Oklahoma State in the Liberty Bowl. We'll talk about the men's and women's basketball team and sort of everything that happened over winter break from the highs of the win in bragging rights and the highs of the win in Knoxville for the women's side down to the lows of Mizzou's men's team losing on the road to South Carolina on a Sunday and women losing to Green Bay and South Dakota and the South Carolina debacle, which happened on Monday. But first things first, we want to talk about Mizzou football. So got a few questions, basically a few, a few topics that I wanted to discuss the first thing, this team finished at nine and four, or no, I'm sorry, eight and five. Am I right on that one? Yep. Yeah, that sounds about right. They finished eight and five, eight and four in the regular season with the ball game loss. So, did this team meet your expectations for the season? Uh, it's a it's a it's a two sided question. Okay. Well, it's... then it. Well, all right. How so, James? Well, because, so, yeah, sure, this, so this team did meet expectations, mm-hmm. but this team had so much more potential to do better. Okay. This, so you're... Th- this team could have beat Kentucky, This or should no, should have beat Kentucky. This team could have beat Georgia. This team could have only had one loss on the season, possibly. Yeah. And I don't know if there's any one person you can pinpoint blame on. It's more of just a comedy of errors. It's yeah. It, well, this is the phrase, the, the old cliche: you win as a team, you lose as a team. Yeah. Mizzou was eight and four or eight and five as a team, not because of one person. This is mm-hmm. not like Sheldon Richardson uh, refusing to go to class during the Syracuse game in 2012 that cost Mizzou a bowl game. This is a collective team effort where there were multiple failures. Whether that's Derek Dooley's play calling, whether that's the the offense. Well, I guess that kind of goes in the same hand in hand. The offense not getting a, a first down in the second half against Kentucky which can even be blamed on Barry Odom as, as part of the blame. There are so many different factors that, that why this team ended up losing five games. Yeah. Chris? Uh, yeah, I kind of agree with that. I feel like eight wins is about where I pegged them at the start of the season. I didn't really think, like, uh, they won some games I didn't think they would win. Like, I didn't think they'd beat Purdue, and I didn't think they'd beat Florida. But, again, games like against South Carolina and games against Kentucky where I was like, Maybe these are these would be like closer in favor of Mizzou, and then it just didn't end up happening. It was pretty disappointing. I didn't think they would end the season with like one loss or anything like that. But I definitely thought they could have ended up like I don't know, like nine and three. Is that the right one? Nine and three. Uh, uh, I guess well, nine and see, four. Nine and if three you want to include the bowl loss, yeah. No, because well, they finished. The they finished eight, eight, eight and five. Four. Eight and four. Eight and four. Eight and five with the bowl loss. Yeah. So I, it would have been nine and three, and then nine and four if you want to. But they would not have been in the Liberty Bowl with nine wins. That's true. True. They, so, like, they probably would have gone to Tampa, I'm guessing, for the Outback Bowl. Yeah. Most likely. I guess a team like Iowa or something. Shout out to Andy. Or or even uh, or even Music City Bowl. They might have ended up there. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I mean, as long as Purdue was going to the Music City Bowl, Mizzou wasn't going to that game. Oh, that's Because yeah, that's right. they, they wouldn't have scheduled a rematch from earlier in the year. True. But so going into the season... I expected a 7-5 and five regular season from the Tigers. I did not believe in the defense. I believed in the offense, and I thought they'd trip up a lot during the middle of the season, which they did. I thought and they'd trip up. Faith disturbing. Hey, I was right for the most part. <laughs> I thought they'd finish 7-5 and five with losses to Purdue, 
Georgia, Alabama, South Carolina, and I believe I said at Florida, and I gave them the Kentucky win, but I basically said you could flip those two around. So That sounds about right. Mostly right. Um, so this team pretty much met my expectations, but it still felt like there could have been more. Yeah. To the same thing James said, like going going into the season, if you told me Mizzou's going to finish 8-4, and four, go to a bowl game and lose in a close game, I'd be like, it's disappointing, but I'll take it. I'll take an eight-win season. But after the fact... But yeah, to like Oklahoma State, though, yeah. and to like Kentucky and South Carolina, though. And not just that they lost, just the way they lost those games. Yeah. Losing to well, Georgia... Let's not even talk about the officiating with the Liberty Bowl, though. Yeah. True. That loss to Georgia which, being which, disappointing. Which, by the way, I hope we bring that up, because... You want to bring it up now? It's our show. We well, can do what we well, want. Well, no, we're, we're recapping the season. I'm assuming we're going to get to Liberty Bowl at some point. Yeah. Well, all right, well, yeah, this team met my expectations, but it still felt disappointing, which is the most Mizzou way of putting things. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, welcome to being a Mizzou football fan. Yep. Realistically, as, as a fan, before I came to Mizzou, I mean, that was on the heels of the 2014 season. Yes, sir. But yeah, in, same in, as, same in reality, being with my dad and I, all the games we saw with when, you know, him and I growing up, in reality, as a Mizzou fan, I get it in terms of, terms of what he and I agree with is that you just hope this team goes six and six is bowl eligible, gets to a you know gets to a decent bowl game every once in a while they'll go eight and four maybe nine and three, have a chance at you know at an SEC East title, mm-hmm. and you just you take that as your as your World Series you take that as your World Championship. Yeah, and as someone who grew up a fan of North Carolina football, I grew up in the dark ages of UNC football in the two thousands where Carolina would routinely get like four four or five wins on a season that was a good year. Maybe my point of view is a little bit skewed because I look at eight se- eight wins and being like ball game. Oh yeah, <laughs> but exactly. That's where I'm at as someone who hasn't who didn't like really grow up watching a whole lot of college football. Yeah, I'm just I mean, like ooh bowling. Yeah, just don't mind if I do. Yeah, so and have those occasional big wins during the regular season, like the win at Florida, and potentially more wins in the future for Barry Odom and his staff. So let's get to the ball game real quick. The bowl game, a 38-33 loss to Oklahoma State that included some questionable officiating in the fourth quarter, mainly on one play in particular, a deep shot downfield in which Jalen Knox got hit in the head. And uh, clearly that, he, he was out. He was knocked out. Yeah. Well, not actually unconscious, but he, he was on the ground for like four minutes. And clear targeting and no call. And this will not be the first time we talk about uh, refereeing decisions in this on this show. I'm afraid not. Sorry, because, uh, because we have two Chiefs fans and a Saints fan here that need to air <laughs> grievances at the end of the hour. But let's save that for later. Drew Locke finishing 23 for 38, 373 yards and three touchdowns. Solid day. Larry Roundtree or Larry Rootree, if you looked at the name on the back of his jersey, which was misspelled. <laughs> 27 carries, 204 yards and a touchdown. Jonathan Johnson, nine catches, 185 yards and a touchdown. A very good offensive day for the Tigers. But... Oklahoma with 21 points in the third quarter, really turning around the tide in that game and really just proving to be the difference maker. A ranked Mizzou team cannot overcome the power of an unranked Oklahoma State team. Which, by the way, this Oklahoma State team, 6-6. Six and, Gi- six. and giant killers into 6-6. Six and six. That's, yeah. that's what I'm about to bring up. They, they upset two or three teams this season. It seemed like Oklahoma State p- performed better against ranked opponents than unranked <laughs> this well, year. That's fair. Welcome to well the they <laughs> if you th- if you look at Mizzou back in the seventies that was Mizzou yeah so on our on a Frio <laughs> yeah uh, this year Oklahoma State with losses to Iowa State Kansas State Baylor and TCU wins against West Virginia Texas and Boise State <laughs> the only ranked team they lost to was a one point lo- uh, they beat KU was a one point loss to sixth ranked Oklahoma 
at Oklahoma. That's also bedlam, though. Yeah. You can't yeah, throw everything out there. It's like a zoo in Kansas. Yeah. So Pianos. that's what went down with Oklahoma State this year. Mizzou with the loss in the ball game. Disappointing. Good game leaves a bad taste in a lot of Mizzou fans' mouths. But it wasn't a blowout like the Texas Bowl was last year. So and maybe I'm just looking at the sunny side of things. Well, no, and, and that's and that's the one thing to credit this team is that they could have stood back and just taken it in the shorts, and they did yeah. not. And they they rallied, especially after that third quarter. And 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 this was a team that really that really deserved that win. Yeah. Mizzou yeah. deserved that win with the way Oklahoma blew everything up. It's just it all comes down to bad officiating. By the way, do we know where the, where those officials came from? You know what uh, conference they were from? Uh, no idea. They, they were, they're probably ACC or Big Ten, I'd have to guess. I put my money on Pac-12. <laughs> I, I've already Googled it. If you can find what it, What was the motion you made as you yelled Pac-12? That was me just, was like, like, throwing it out And there. that's another Kansas right. City cheese. First down. <laughs> I don't want to well, talk this, about the It's just right a now. sad group of fans right here. <laughs> well, I'm you know, to, in, in, the referee in, in, was a Big Ten official. Ah. Jerry McGinn was the uh, head official on this game. Was a beef well, right and, here. and on top of that, going up to that call, they already ejected two other players for targeting. Yeah, Oklahoma State should have been down three defensive backs to targeting, <laughs> and all of them legal, and all of them perfectly like nope, no good problems calls. here. Like they were, they were definitely targeting. So let's keep it rolling right here. Uh, they lost to uh, Oklahoma State in the ball game, and I gave James and Chris this before, before the show. Told them to come up with a list of your top three and your bottom three. Moments of the season. Should we start positive or start negative? We can start positive. All right, not? let's start positive. Chris go Mitchell. Round table here. Oh uh, yeah, we'll go round table. Go your top three, and then we'll just go around. Uh, let's see. For number one, I think I'm gonna go beating the brakes off of Florida down to the swamp, baby. I did not. I mean, I guess if you like looked at like the analytics and all that, Mizzou is pretty kind of favored in that matchup. Like Florida just does not match up well against Mizzou at all. But it doesn't matter. They still came away with the win, which is something I was not expecting because usually, as long as I've been here, when there's a matchup like that, the Tigers just sort of like, I don't know, drop trial and run away. But no, that was, I guess that qualifies as their statement win after they kind of flubbed on the last two potential statement wins. So Can, we, can, uh, can I just double up on that? What's up? Is that fine? Yeah. On the Florida call? Because that was my number one, too. That's your number one? That's also my number one. So, yeah, so, pretty unanimous number one was the uh, the win in the Swamp. And against- also the first ranked r- r- ranked win for uh, Barry Odom. Yeah, we have That's right. for it. Shoot. Yeah, 38-17. Uh, to 17. It wasn't just a win. It was Mizzou trounced them. Yeah. 38-17 in the Swamp after the Kentucky loss, which I can all assume will probably be near the top of all of our rankings for the worst moments of the year. Uh, No, actually. Oh, That's well, not mine either. Well, never mind. All right. So, uh, Chris, go, uh, continue on with your top three. Uh, let's see. I think number two is probably... I hmm. like how this uh, implies that you did not prepare beforehand. Like I No, I'm do. trying to, like... See, I have, like, a clear, like, two and three. I just, like, wasn't sure, like, where I wanted to put them. I guess for number two, I think I'm going to have Kelly Bryant transferring to Mizzou because it gives them, like... <laughs> what, was that yours? I, I forgot about it. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't put I that totally on I forgot either. about that. But, yeah, I know it's not, like, a regular season thing. Like, it wasn't, like, a game time thing or whatever. But I it's mean, something it, that... I mean, to me, it counts because it's between the bowl game and the end of the season. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay, yeah. That's one of those things where it's, like, sort of, like, gives them gives the Tigers a little bit of insurance trying to, like, find their, like, next, like, four-year quarterback of the future or whatever mm-hmm. and having it be someone like Kelly Bryant, who was, like, you know, on, like, a championship team qual- caliber team. 
Yeah, like, he's a solid above average quarterback. Yeah, which uh, it's, hard that's really all, it's hard to come by those just randomly. Yeah, and that's really like all you need to like run this Mizzou offense efficiently. Just be like above average at so, at like some level, and you'll be fine. So, shout out to Kelly Bryant. That's I, my number two. I really don't want to. I don't want to double dip on that one. Yeah, I'm not putting that. Up. That's not on mine either. So, my, uh, my number two, I'm going to go with uh, shutting out Arkansas. Good one. Okay. Final game of the year. Rivalry game, mm-hmm. yeah. Adds, uh, but by the way, Kelly Bryant's transfer also adds some fuel to the fire in the battle line rivalry. Oh, yeah. and Jonathan Nance, uh, Jonathan along Nance, with him. yeah. Arkansas lost. Uh, well, they had zero in the hand, and they lost two in the bush. Yep, <laughs> zero <laughs> of them. Well, yeah. like, I'm sorry. Continue on, Chris. Oh yeah, because I was thinking about that uh, Arkansas wideout that transferred too, right? That's yeah, that's Jonathan Nance. Nance. Yeah, Jonathan Nance. All right. Uh, number two for me is not a game, but a moment in a game. Moment at the beginning of a game. And that was the Christian Holmes interception against Georgia. Ooh, right at the beginning of yeah. that game when Georgia is driving downfield. And then something unprecedented happened that over the last few years. And Mizzou's defense made a play. <laughs> they made a hell of a play there. Christian Holmes ripping the ball out of his receiver's hands. And if only the game had continued on in that way, then that entire game could have gone differently. But that Christian Holmes pick versus Georgia gave us a glimmer of hope that we did not think we would see. And for that, that is my number two moments of the year. Because of the caliber of opponent, because of where in the game it was, and because of just the unreal hype that it brought us, despite how quickly it came crashing down. So that's my number two. Okay. So I think my number three is probably the game winner at Purdue. I, that sounds like weird because, you know, Purdue like wasn't like that great per se, but it like that whole game... Like, as, like, the scores kept, like, ramping up, it was one of those things where it's like, oh, my God, Mizzou's going to lose this game, like, 45 to, like, 42 or whatever. It's just going to be one of those, like, embarrassing losses to a team they probably should have beat, even though their offense was, like, fine. Having them come out with a win in that situation was pretty good. Had me feeling good about the Georgia game. On For my number three, I'm going to have to go with uh, Mizzou's third quarter against Oklahoma State and Liberty Bowl, and just for the same reason earlier. Uh, the the third quarter. Well, third and fourth quarter. Okay, because so, the, right, the second qu- half. Okay, the second the th- half. The third quarter, Oklahoma State outscored Mizzou twenty-one three. Okay, well, no, okay, I, I meant I meant the fourth, <laughs> the fourth quarter. quarter. The the ability for that team to rally and come from behind okay. like that, and at least make it a close game, because they could have yeah. made that game look like an embarrassing loss. Definitely, my number three is a win that doesn't look that impressive on the surface. But a very, very fun win was putting up 50 points in Neyland. Oh, my. Oh, I forgot about that. 50-burgering Rocky Top <laughs> oh. and going to the Sea of Orange and coming out with a massive dub. Oh, that was DeMarcus so Demarcus Acey with a crucial pick six at the end of the first half of that game. Mizzou scoring 50 in Neyland, continuing their two-game. That's two straight 50-point uh, games against Tennessee. I'm going to retroactively Oof. make that my number three. All right, cool. <laughs> Let's, ro- let's roll through these bottom three real quick because that's what we spent most of the season on. Okay. Chris, start with – Chris, start with uh, – let's go start with number three and move down the list. Okay, number three is probably the Kentucky game, like the way that ended, just embarrassing. It's like not having, like, that first down in, like, the second half and just, like, losing all on, like, the last play of the game. Very – uh. <laughs> so are you in third worst to worst? Yes. Okay, yeah. third worst? Third worst. I didn't ha- – I had my first and second. I was going to try to figure out my third one while I was thinking. Oh, well. Uh, third worst, uh, let's go with uh, Manuel Hall being out the first half of the year. Yeah, that stung. Yeah. Stung. Uh, my third worst was the uh, the touchdown, not a touchdown against Georgia. 
was the uh, where the Georgia and I watched I just watched James roll his eyes about a thousand miles an hour on that one. <laughs> I'm I'm just wishing I had a beer right now to cry into. Yeah. So not the, out here, please. The Georgia receiver after a long uh, long catch, ru- looks like he scores a touchdown but drops the ball as he crosses the goal line and they cannot conclude that he didn't even though he totally did not carry that ball in the end zone. Mizzou had picked it up and ran it into the end the end zone the other way. And it would have made it a seven-point or a tie game when, in reality, Georgia ended up going up by two or three possessions. So it's more cracking down on the officials. Yeah, exactly. Great. Chris, number two. Okay, my number two was Oklahoma State's third quarter against Mizzou in which they outscored the Tigers 21-3. to That wasn't like most of it, but like most of it for me was just like when you're down like by like two or three scores, when, when your opponents outscored you by like 21 points, don't kick a field goal. Just go for seven. Just why not? Just just do it. Uh, my number two had to be uh, the loss at well the loss against Kentucky at home. That's that's my number two. Not going to first down the second half. My number two was uh, going to the other Columbia and coming out with nothing in a loss in a monsoon of a game against South Carolina against a bad South Carolina team that Mizzou should have won that game. But uh, the the field goal as time expired, Mizzou not doing being able to defend another backup quarterback. Story of the season. Not good. That's my number two. Yeah, that, that was actually going to be my number one. For mostly the same reasons. Just an embarrassing loss. Couldn't beat a backup quarterback. Just just breaking down in the third quarter like that. Just, ugh. Uh, my number one is that is that non-targeting call in the Liberty Bowl. Okay. Really? That, Interesting. That is the, because cause this would have been such a hallmark win for Drew Locke. Yeah. Finally, a bowl win in his final game. Yeah. And the freaking Big Ten officials took it out of the hands of him. Yeah. Poor officiating. And they could have reviewed it at least. At least could have reviewed it. Oh, yeah. That was awful. Uh, my number That's the one, worst part. My number one was the loss to Kentucky. Okay. Which is uh, no, no first down in the uh, second half. The letting Terry Wilson drive down the field, the atrocious defensive and offensive play calling in the last two minutes of that game. And really just an ugly, ugly game right there. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to talk some things happening on the court. Men, women's basketball, more Mizzou content here on Salute Your Sports on KCOU 88.1 FM. We'll be right back, folks. The boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces, knowing what the cards were. By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of aces For a taste of At KCOU, we constantly need custom apparel Whether it be t-shirts for special events Or performance polos for our sports broadcasters The only place we trust for our apparel needs Is one-to-one print shop One-to-one will help your business or organization Craft custom apparel at an affordable price To learn more, go to one-to-oneprintshop.com That's O-N-E-T-O-O-N-E printshop.com Straight up, give it to us. Bald Don't Lie and neither do we. Catch Bald Don't Lie every Friday from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1. With me, Anthony Dean. Derek McKinney. And Connor McKinn. Uh, Wallace picks up two quick tackles. Bald Don't Lie. 
ball don't lie. Welcome back. Salute your sports here. Our first show of the 17th semester of the KCOU's longest running weekly episodic show. I'm Matthew Terry, Chris Mitchell, James Stanley alongside me talking Mizzou basketball coming up now. And what has been an up and down season for the Mizzou men's Tigers. So this season, Mizzou has had two state not really statement wins, but trademark wins to their names this year. Beating Xavier at home, even though Xavier's not the team they once were, especially even as recent as last year. But a big one there, a win against Xavier at home, a win against UCF at home, and finally winning bragging rights for the first time since 2013. And Illinois is not a premier program in the country, don't get me wrong. But to see that demon off your back that Mizzou has had to deal with for the last six years... And to watch them win that game and win decisively, to and pull away when it mattered, really gave people hope and optimism going into the SEC play for this year. And then SEC play started. <laughs> Mizzou losing and then that happened. by 20 points to arguably the best team in the country in Tennessee. Oh, and keeping it close in the first half. Yeah. That was, yeah. that was just more disappointing. I mean, I expect them to get blown out, but then oh, to yeah. give them a run for their money and then just fall apart. Yeah, but also you can look at it the other way and say, wow, they gave Tennessee a run for their money in the first half. Tennessee's blowing everyone up by 30 this game, this year. Oh, it's like the Alabama game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. we only lost by 20. Yeah. Well, not yeah. we, but you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Don't Same from a fan's, fan's, fan's perspective, not mine. Hashtag don't say we, James. That's the first time I've said we since freshman year. Oh, pr- wow. I'm proud of you. Ah, we got one. Wow, we had... <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we got him. Welcome, folks. <laughs> we had... Uh, what's the what's the sign? Like, we've had 500 days without an accident. <laughs> now it recessed to zero. Oh. 500 accidents without saying we. <laughs> 500 accidents without saying we? <laughs> you know what I meant. <laughs> X amount of days without saying we. Uh, um, then the zoo's men, uh, the aforementioned loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide. Which uh, Chris and I had the pleasure of calling. And then going to Alabama. South... Alabama! Thank you. That was a fun time. Yep, a very fun time, aside there. from the game that was on the court. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah Mizzou just got yeeted off the court. Just got yeeted off the court. <laughs> Yo, Red Panda was there? That was a fun time. Yeah. I'd never seen Red Panda live before, and her act is really good. She does it at least oh, once a year. Yeah. I've seen her like four times now. This is, I think it was the second or third time I saw Red Panda here. At Mizzou but, Arena? Yeah. Yeah, but I'd never like... Oh, Chris was person. freaking out for Red Panda. It was so it was more fun to watch Chris watch Red Panda than it was to actually watch Red Panda. <laughs> but a, a seventy to sixty it. loss to the Alabama Crimson Tide, and also an eighty-five to seventy-five loss on the road at South Carolina. And that game, I'm willing to excuse a bit more, considering the game got pushed back a day. Mizzou had travel issues, considering the big snowstorm that hit the state. And really just a rough day all around. It was highlighted by Javon Pickett scoring a career-high 21 points Yeah, for the Tigers. Really keep them in that game, but just a rough day overall. And then when all hope was lost and it looked like Mizzou was going back to the uh, Kim, Dan- Kim Anderson days of old, at least when it came to SEC play, they went on the road and beat Texas A&M by 20 <laughs> and held Texas A&M to 43 points. 
Where did that come from? Exactly. Uh, Texas A&M? I don't think they're that good this year, are they? Texas A&M? I'm well, uh, probably not. They lost to Mizzou by 20. <laughs> a week ago during the Alabama game, they, they gave Auburn a run for their money in the first half. True. Yeah, and, and yeah, Texas A&M beat Alabama. Yeah, you're right. They did. On that crazy one-legged buzzer beater. This is exactly what I thought SEC play is going to be. Everyone's just going to beat up on each other, and I think it's really going to dilute how many SEC teams make the tournament. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sad. That's so sad that's going to happen, too. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I think, I think we're going to see, like, looking at the schedule right now, like five, four or five SEC teams make it. Because, like, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, those teams are pretty much in. Yeah. You can, point, yeah. And you could probably count on uh, Mississippi State and Auburn will probably also get in as well. Yeah. And then you start getting into, does South Carolina make it? Does Ole Miss make it? <laughs> yes, James? Am I the only one hearing that? No, that was just me making an uh no, Oh, okay. It was a mic. Very faint. I also heard that. I just ignored it. It was very <laughs> contemplative. It was, I was very just, contemplative. I was uh, going to just pretend that didn't happen, <laughs> personally. It's thinking, am I going crazy? <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't looking at Chris when it happened. I was looking at my computer. <laughs> I thought there was someone like from Russia tapping into our board here. It's We're not that important, James. <laughs> you never know. Contrary to what you may think. Well, you have a comrade Kristoff over there. So what was the line from uh, Diamonds Are Forever? Like, no one cares about Kansas? Same principle. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Mizzou started one and three in conference play. And they have some tough games coming up. LSU coming to Mizzou Arena. On Saturday, which will be, oh, that'll be interesting as Worldwide Squad uh, tries to uh, tries to up ties to beat the fellow Tigers, oh. and then Arkansas at home or Arkansas in Fayetteville is tonight in a game that oh. Mizzou should be able to win because yeah. Arkansas ten and seven, one and four in conference, about on the same level, and as the SEC wheel of doom sort of spins, it might spin in Mizzou's favor. Yeah, it's one of those things. But if Mizzou doesn't get that game, there is a very real chance they don't win again for the next four matchups because then it's LSU at home at Auburn, Vanderbilt at home, who's usually pretty good, and then they go to Rocky Top and meet up with a team that stomped them by 24 on their home court in the number one ranked Tennessee Volunteers. <laughs> just, just pray for so, the end. Mizzou has had issues this year so far. Aside from the very obvious issue that Jeremiah Tillman can't stay on the floor, is there anything you can really point at and say this has been one of the reasons this team can't win? Uh, you know what this Mizzou Tigers team reminds me of? They remind me of this year's edition of the Los Angeles Lakers. Just a very, like, raw team that are, that are like, missing, like... <laughs> like, if you think... Okay, so, like, Jonte's out. He's, like, a really big part of this team. And... Yes. Are you calling Jonte Porter the next LeBron James? Yes, I am. That's right, exactly well, what all I mean. All right. That's not the answer I was expecting. Yep. Jinx. Heard it here, heard, heard here first, folks. <laughs> Snake bit. <laughs> Anyways, it's like scientifically proven that the team plays so much better when Jonte's on the on the floor and just on the team in general. They're still missing those, you know, two recruits that are supposed to come in next year. That are supposed to be like the like the real like treasures of the Conzo Martin uh, recruiting like. Uh, Recruiting cycle. McKinney, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So once, like, all that, like, comes together, I don't think we're going to see, like, really what this Tigers team is, like, 
like made out of per se, but also yes, we're seeing what they're made out of when like those guys like aren't on. Yeah, this was going to be a year where Mizzou. I mean, Mizzou was not expected much of anything this year, and it was supposed to be a year where they were really just rebuilding and aiming for the future. Yes, James. And, All right, <laughs> just gets waved away. And so looking at it, like, we knew this team would be young. We knew there would be struggles this year. And really just going to see signs of growth before McKinney, Mario McKinney, Trey Jackson, potentially more, come in next year and are really part of the crux of this program. Yeah, that sounds about right. That's about where I had him, too. So right now that's where we're at with Mizzou men's basketball. And I'm, I'm sorry, James, you're freaking me out right now. Okay, just just you're not supposed to bring up technical issues on the ear, but maybe they're still into my headphones. I hear a squeaking sound every time you talk. <laughs> I, do you hear it, Chris? Uh, no, I don't. I, I do not hear anything. It, it, it might just be your headphones, dude. It it sounds like someone taking like their finger when it's like wet and like right on glass, like. <laughs> I'm sorry, I asked. I think James is being Manchurian candidated right now. It's like right. a sleeper agent. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we'll st- I'll talk about the women right now real quick. Women's basketball has been almost as up and down as the men have because they did go on the road and beat Tennessee, which was supposed to be massive, and then Tennessee lost five straight Yeah, they just started losing all games. their games. <laughs> so, all when, bad boys. so when all the Mizzou fans are like, yes, they went on the road, they beat the Lady Vols, and now the Lady Vols are like, we don't know how to play basketball anymore. Yeah, just forgot. Just up and forgot. And, and in the midst of that, Sophie Cunningham also uh, getting a lot of flack for being too chippy. Again. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to bring that up, James? Because that is something uh, I believe you do have some issues with. Well, I mean, if, if I mean, this has been rehashed a Several different times on Twitter. Yeah, if she were if she were a male player, she would not be getting the same criticism that that she's getting. Yeah, I feel that. I feel like if if she was like I don't know, like a dude on the men's team, they'd be like, oh, that's she that's fire, Jordan that's competitiveness, that's that's great. Jordan Geist. Yeah, scrappy. Speaking of which, someone of Jordan. That's all I want to bring up. Jordan Geist at least creates one flagrant foul per game. It seems like. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. It's amazing. But Mizzou had that win. At Tennessee, they had a good win at home against Georgia, which they beat them 61-35. to But also lost the collapse against Florida and losing by 14 to South Carolina. What is there to make of this team? Uh, that's a good question. Honestly, it reminds me of the team a couple, three years ago. Mm-hmm. Might have been two years ago when, uh, when Ross and Joey were here. It's like we don't know how good this team is yet. And we were still asking that question <laughs> through the final game of the season. Because they'd win yeah. games they should they should they shouldn't win and lose games that they should. We'll definitely see how good they are when, or potentially see how good they are when they go to Kentucky tomorrow, and take on the 15th ranked Wildcats. But then again, maybe they maybe we won't. Maybe they'll go on and beat Kentucky and lose to someone they shouldn't. Like I don't know Auburn at home the next game. <laughs> Miz. Zou. Thank you, Chris. And make sure uh, those Jayhawks don't get their wings. And on that note, we're going to take. Another short break, but when we come back, it's everyone's favorite Salute Your Sports game show, or nah, coming up after the break, folks, and then after that, we need to uh, air some grievances, so sure to be an entertaining final 25 minutes of Salute Your Sports, folks, so stay tuned right here on KCOU 88.1. 
This is your boy Rubik's and I got a message for all y'all out there. You can find yourself with nothing to do from noon to two on Monday. Tune into my show, The Lounge at Lunch with Danny Bing. We got the freshest music and the hottest takes only on KCOU 88.1 FM or KCOU.FM. Last time I seen was at the store in the spice I looking salty. I stepped out with some cold. Saturday in Columbia is KCOU Sports Saturday. Tune in right here on KCOU 88.1 FM Columbia for all-day sports talk starting at 9 a.m. Cap off your sports Saturday with coverage of Mizzou football from the student voice of the Missouri Tigers. Don't just Saturday, KCOU Sports Saturday. Welcome back, everyone. Salute your sports here on KCOU 88.1 FM. I am Matthew Terry, Chris Mitchell, James Stanley alongside me for the first edition of the spring 2019 semester. Salute your sports. It's that time once again, folks. I am not hosting anymore. It is turning over. Who won last semester? I don't remember. Probably me because I went on that like five game win streak. Do we even keep track? No. No? Not at all? Cool. All right. Well, I'm just going to say it was me. Go me. I'm the best. And we're the greatest. Go- Unbelievable. All right. Don't. Fantastic. Do not compare me to him. Robert Mulder is my best friend. Do not compare me to him. <laughs> we can't start out the, the semester like this. <laughs> this, is, this, is not a, this is not a thing that's happening right now. But it is time for or not nah, James Stanley hosting this one. So, Mr. Stanley, take it away. I got to gotta figure out my, my, my setup here. Here we go. All right. Oh, that looks nice. I should have done that during my show. Quarter Circle Backboard. <laughs> Why are you promoting different shows on our airtime? <laughs> at least it's my show. That's on Friday. That's on every Friday at 11 p.m. to midnight on KCOU. We All need, right. At one point, we need to have a Salute Your Sports edition of Quarter Circle Backboard. Oh, I'd love to have you guys on, honestly. Or maybe a Salute Your Sports edition of Quarter Circle Backboard. That's exactly oh. what I said. No, I said a salute your sports edition. I mean, uh, that's exactly what I said, James. <laughs> no, no, what you said was a was a quarter circle backward edition of salute your sports. No, whatever. That, that's that's what I meant. Who's on first? All right, that's right. We can talk about video. We're games really sometime. just wasting time that could be used to complain later on in the show. All right, so this th- this week's topic is Senior Bowl or nah? Senior Bowl coming up on Saturday, right? Ooh. It's on Saturday. True. Uh, Sunday. So, Sunday. I think Drew Locke is playing oh, no, the Senior I think Bowl. I you're right. It is Saturday. And uh, Manuel Hall decided to forego. So I have a list of several Mizzou players. At first, I was going to just pull players in the NFL. Mm-hmm. But then there's so many good tidbits of players on Mizzou who are also involved with uh, anyone in the, in the front office. Interesting. Who's played in the, in the Senior Bowl. Interesting. That, that makes, it a, makes it a pretty interesting show. All right. So that is our, that is our give and go. Who wants to go first? Uh, I'll go first. Go first? All right. That's right. Chris Mitchell. Mm-hmm. Has Jamon Moore ever played in the Senior Bowl, yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say no. What? No, he played in the Senior Bowl last year. Oh, yeah. Huh. I guess he did. So already a uh, chance for Matthew Terry to take the early lead. Matthew Terry. Yes, sir. Has Michael Sam ever played in the Senior Bowl, yes or no? No. Wow, both of you 0 for 2 or 0 for 1. Whoops. No, uh, he, no he, he played his senior year. 
Yeah. Okay. All right. As as you would in the senior bowl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this make more sense if I uh, so uh, get rid of a few of them here. All right. Let's go to uh, Chase Daniel. Did Chase Daniel ever play in the Senior Bowl? Chris Mitchell, yes or no? Uh, I'm going to say yes. No, he did not. He played in the East-West Shriners Bowl. Oh, of course. See, I always get those mixed up. But not yeah. in the not in the Senior Bowl. There, there is a difference. Was, Chase Daniel was not that highly thought of as a draft prospect. Okay. Yeah, All right, so let's move to, uh, let's move to, to, uh, to Gary Pinkle. Gary Pinkle. Did Gary Pinkle ever play in the Senior Bowl? And mind you, the Senior Bowl has been around since 1950. Hmm. Yes or no? I'm going to go with yes. We are terrible. Nobody wants to win this. <laughs> no, Gary Pinkle did not play in the Senior Bowl. Yeah. Wow, this is uh, this is for the lead. We are um, we are we're, we're gotten up to a rough start to the semester. Guys, we're trying. <laughs> we promise. Sheldon Richardson, did he play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or not, Chris Mitchell? I'm gonna say yes. Okay, it's not working. There we go. <laughs> no, he did not. He 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 did left. He oh. declared early, didn't he? He, he wow. declared early, and th- that's the whole thing about him missing the oh. game against Syracuse. Yeah. Oh, okay. I should have so, connected uh, with that. Oh, chance for Matthew Terry to take the lead. Why wow. can't I get Chris's questions? I've known all those so far. <laughs> this is terrible. Barry Odom, did he ever play in the Senior Bowl as a player, yes or nah? no? No. <laughs> is that the noise for me getting it right? <laughs> <laughs> you are the worst. <laughs> We, I finally get one right, and you play that? <laughs> oh, uh, an objectively worse uh, wrong yeah. answer noise. <laughs> Just a more humiliating version of no. I don't deserve this. <laughs> All right, Matthew Terry leads like no one, one to nothing. How dare you? One, one point hole. So oh, is, is this into the top of the fourth? Top yes. of the fifth now? Fourth. Top of the fifth? Top of the fourth. fourth. All right, let's go with uh, Martin Record. Did Martin Record ever play in the senior bowl? Yes or not, Chris Mitchell? Uh, I'm going to say yes. He did indeed after the 2008 season. <laughs> okay. He was the only player out of the 2008 season to uh Oh wow. to make it there so. Well, as I just kind of destroyed uh two more answers, now we can't use those. Oh well. Although maybe I'll try to slip you up later. All right. Let's go do uh I know Matthew the Terry. Roster. Yes sir. James Franklin, did you ever play in the Senior Bowl yes or no? No. Bingo. So that's a 2-0 lead Shoot. for Matthew Terry. I'm 2-1. Yeah, 2-1. Chris got that last one right. Yeah. Oh, he did? Okay, 2-1. <laughs> yes. I'm not, Maybe I'm not you didn't realize it because you didn't play the wrong sound bite. <laughs> All right. <laughs> when you're up, you're up. And when you're down, you're down. Let's go to uh, Kellen Winslow. Did Kellen Winslow play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or no? Nah? Uh, yes. Chris Mitchell. Ding, ding. There's no way he didn't. Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. 2-2, two, 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 we are tied. Matthew Terry? Yes, sir. Did Derek Dooley ever play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or nah? no? No. Really? He did. I found that one at the very last second. I was looking up the whole list. Aww. He played for, he graduated from Virginia in 1990 or 1991. I was looking through the whole list. I didn't see him. So I was like, all right, well, I, I, I give up. And then like five minutes later, I actually had it open on my computer and I saw Derek Dooley. And I was like, wait a minute. that the same Derek Dooley? And I did some research. It was. Wow. He played in the Senior Bowl back in 1990 to 1991. That's pretty impressive. So Matthew Definitely. Terry leads 3-2. Let's go to Evan Bame. Did Evan Bame play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or nah, Chris Mitchell? I'm going to say nah. Of course, it doesn't want to work. Darn. No, he did not. Oh, no, he did play in the Senior Bowl. Yeah. So uh, this is a chance for Matthew Terry to take a 4-2 to two lead. Yes, sir. On Tony Temple. 
did Tony Temple play in the Senior Bowl, yes or no? Yes. He did hmm. not. Once again, out of the 2007-2008 team, only player to make it was uh, Martin Rucker. Interesting. So uh, that leads us down to like couple three here. You, you only got only a couple more bullets here on the gun, Chris, to keep yourself alive. That's right. Let's go to um, let's go to Arion Penton. Arion Penton play in the Senior Bowl, yes or no? Uh, yes. Ding, ding, ding. So that's four. But it's tied three, three. Yeah, yeah. Tied at three, three. All right. Matthew Terry. Let's get it. Did Justin Britt play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or no? Nah? He's a... Uh, yeah, a tackle. I'm going to go with... Yes. Damn. Oh, no. It's All right, we are, we're running out of players here. It's happening. Chris Mitchell, did <laughs> Ziggy Hood play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or no? Nah? I'm going to say yes. Uh-oh. Don't call it a really? comeback. Interesting. He did play in the Senior Bowl. I guess I, I lied a little bit there. Martin Rucker was not the yeah. only player from that era. So uh, that puts the lead at 4-3? Yes. 4-3, Chris Mitchell. And let's see. We will go to... I don't want to do more work. Brad Smith. <laughs> Brad Smith? Did no. Brad Smith play in the Senior Bowl? Yes or no? Nah? Ding, ding, ding. Tied again. Oofa doofa. <laughs> All right. Let's go to uh, Kentrell Brothers. Control Brothers play in the Senior Bowl, yes or no? I'm going to say no. He did not. I said no. I mean, I mean, he did. He did. Uh, he, yeah, he I played mean, in the I Senior mean, Bowl. I mean, you, get, you got okay. it wrong. Darn. <laughs> uh, let's see. Is this for the win? But yeah. It's, we'll, right. we'll, we'll go to sudden death now because we got to speed this up. All right. Yes, we do. John Cadillac. He was the sidekick of of Mike Kelly for many years on on uh for, for Mizzou Radio for football. Um, Did he play in the Senior Bowl, yes or nah? no? No. He did. He did? He oh. was one of the first Missouri Tigers ever to play in it. <laughs> that was unexpected. Well, all right, Chris Mitchell, this is uh, this is for all the marbles here. Yeah. All right. Shane Ray, did he play in the Senior Bowl, yes or nah? no? No. Ding, ding, Left ding. Early. Graduated early. Yep. Well, I guess, did he, did he graduate or just leave early? He left early. He left early. And uh, that's how that one would go in the books. Chris Mitchell taking the first game of the entire semester. Congrats to you, Chris. So next semester, yeah, Matthew Terry, meet. you get the, or next semester. Next next week. Next, uh, next week, you get to host. This will be a fun one. All right. So we're going to take another short break. But when we come back, it's the moment that most people have probably been waiting for once they realized what was going to happen. Gonna be airing our grievances when we come back, and this should be a good one. Stay tuned, folks, for the end of the show. The shocking statistics are that one in five people in Boone County lives in poverty. Even worse, approximately 250 Columbia children are homeless. The Heart of Missouri United Way fights for solutions to improve lives by supporting 33 local organizations that strengthen the health, education, basic needs, and financial stability of our community. Join the fight today and live united by making your gift at uwheartmo.org slash donate. Hello, everybody. It's Moose on the scene here, and I've got Squirrel from KCOU with an exciting new discovery. I found a tin in KCOU with a green top and a gold retriever on it. Guess what's in it? I would guess condoms, sir. You're guessing condoms? Well... It's razors. There are razors in it. 
Wow, KCOU 88.1 FM, we've got razors and dog tins. Everybody, welcome back to Salute Your Sports. I am Matthew Terry, James Stanley, and Chris Mitchell alongside me as we head into the last seven or so minutes of this show today. Is the moments that most people have been waiting for. James, do you have the soundbite ready? Do we have the soundbite? I'm pretty sure we do. I think we have the soundbite. The tradition of Festivus begins with the airing of grievances. I got a lot of problems with you people. Now, you're going to hear about it. That's right. We have two irritated Chiefs fans and a very frustrated and annoyed New Orleans Saints fan. And it is time to air some grievances. I need, I need a second to, to build up my anger so I can properly talk about this. So, Chris, I'm going to let you start it off here tonight. Okay, I think I'm going. Mine is going to be. I'm going to beef with the NFL overtime rules. They just like make no sense. Well, they kind of do, but they're kind of garbage because it's like okay, the way NFL overtime rule works is okay. You still do the coin flip, and whoever gets the ball first, they get a chance to score. If they score, that's it. Game over. It doesn't matter if you're at home or on the road. You get the ball first. You score. You win a touchdown rather, and that's it. The other team does not get a chance to score a touchdown. And the way, like, momentum was swinging around in that Chiefs-Patriots game, it felt like if you gave Patrick Mahomes the ball after the Patriots scored that touchdown, he probably could have taken it taken over for seven, maybe eight, if they were feeling really saucy and wanted to end the game right there. Well, would they so, even get a chance for two at that point? Yeah, uh, you would have. You do? Yeah. yeah, so it's just frustrating. Like, yeah, the defense, like, wasn't great, played a very bad game after having two very strong games against the Raiders and the Colts. But then just to have it end like that when the offense was firing on all cylinders in the, in the fourth quarter, the fact that they couldn't, like, have an opportunity to, like, actually go and win it is just very disappointing and very frustrating. Mine's also with the Chiefs game. Okay. And not necessarily with the overtime rules because I think that that's something all three of us can collectively harp on the NFL for. That's the right. officiating. Okay. The officiating in that game was ridiculous. <laughs> absolutely ridiculous on the no roughing the passer call on Tom Brady. Game's over at that point. The game is over. Put the ball, you put the ball back in, in uh, Mahomes' hands. Sure, the Patriots have a couple timeouts to work with. All it takes though is two or three first downs and the game's over. The Chiefs get that done. And the Chiefs walk away with a trip to the Super Bowl next weekend, or the weekend after next weekend. And the Saints should really be in there too. And then we would have some sort of, I'm sure we would have come up with some sort of bet here between the three of us. Uh, a now we just a Saints fan and two Chiefs fans. Are you done, James? I think that Matthew Terry's channeling his uh, his energy off Because right if now. you want to complain about NFL officiating, <laughs> then boy, do I have a story for you. Hey, uh, well, have you heard about NFL Rule 17? Uh, what's Rule 17, James, before I get started? Rule 17 is a clause. There's an actual clause. There was a story done done by Jake Cookson, former KCO, your name drop, at hey. K- now at KCTV5 in Kansas City. Hey. There is a clause for Roger Goodell to require the game to be replayed from that play. Okay. So. And he, and he can do it if he wants. He can. 
but he's not going to, no, and we all know not. that. So here's how I am going to start this off. I'm going to preface this by saying I've been a New Orleans Saints fan for pretty much the majority of my life. Ever since I was cognizant enough to choose my own NFL team to cheer for, Who did? I picked the Saints, and Who I've been that? a diehard Saints fan ever since. And I try not to get irritated about these games. Because I know I have a short temper, and I do not like how angry I get over these sorts of things. But I cannot help myself right now. A short temper for a tall man. And I realize that the Saints had opportunities to win this game after this happened. And I am not going to blame that on anyone else but the Saints. The Saints could have stopped the Rams from uh, scoring a a field goal as time expired. The Saints could have driven down the field. They got the ball first in overtime. They did not score. Those things are on the Saints and on no one else. But at the same time, neither of those things should have even mattered. With a minute and 42 left in the NFC Championship game, in the Saints' first NFC Championship game since 2009 when they beat Brett Favre to go to the Super Bowl, the Saints had the ball at the 11-yard line after an amazing Ted Ginn catch. The Rams had two or one thing. Oh, no, they were out of timeouts at this point. They already used their timeouts on this drive. The Rams had no timeouts. Saints in the red zone. A wheel route to Tommy Lee Lewis coming out of the backfield gets clobbered. By Nikel Roby Coleman, helmet to helmet on the sideline. No foul is called. Sean Payton screams his head off like I'm doing right now on the sideline, and the refs make no call. Nikel Roby Coleman looks around with his head down like I just committed a pass interference that just lost us the game. Looks up and he sees no flags on the field. The NFL officials told Sean Payton there were two calls we could have made right now, and the refs made neither of them. The NFL legitimately robbed the New Orleans Saints of a trip to the Super Bowl to play in that game. The refs personally handed Sean Payton and Drew Brees their first home playoff loss in New Orleans. They were 6-0 heading into that game. They're 6-1, but that one should be replaced with an asterisk. The Saints got robbed. They had other chances to win that game in the officiating as a whole. They let them play for the majority of the game. There were some calls that both teams got away with. Most notably, a roughing the passer call on Drew Brees' interception in overtime, which was not called, despite Dante Fowler hitting Drew Brees in the head. The Saints had are, a chance. Are you sure he wasn't just slapped with an arm on his the chest? The Saints had a chance to Stop put this it. game away as well. They got the ball at midfield with four minutes left, and Saram Arnstead gets called with a soft holding call as the drive starts to put them at first and 20, despite the fact that Rob Havenstein and Roger Saffold of the uh, uh, Los Angeles Rams offensive line were doing the same things to Cameron Jordan and Marcus Davenport all game long. The Saints could have won that game despite the referees, but they shouldn't have had to. They played better football for the majority of this game, and yet they will not be in Atlanta in two weeks. Instead, the NFL's pet project in the brand new Los Angeles Rams are going to the Super Bowl, and the bright-eyed, bushy Sean McVay and Jared Goff will be going to the Super Bowl as the NFL's hot young duo right now. And that's is what I'm airing my grievances about right now. So thank you, James. Thank you, Chris, for another fantastic edition of Salute Your Sports. I'm going to go calm down because I definitely need to. Well, you know what they say. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Yes, it is. <laughs> thank you, folks, for listening. This if you're, if you're a Chiefs your and a Saints fan, go cry in your beer. The Saints and the Chiefs will be having their third-place game this weekend. <laughs> Which is, Please don't think I'm serious with that. 
Thank you, Fox. Stay safe. Well, hey, uh, to finish with that, go for it. If 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 Clark Hunt or if Lamar Hunt's able to to invent the Super Bowl, why can't his son invent a game like it? Exactly. Uh, Mizzou, Arkansas later on tonight, 8 p.m. Watch the immense Tigers as well. That's right. Good night, folks.